year is 2019. It's early December. Business as usual as people gather their gifts and spend till they drop. Suddenly a man appears in Times Square. He's trying to tell everyone who will listen what he knows. There's a great plague coming. You must prepare. He is strange. His outfit is bizarre. He must be crazy. He is assumed to be homeless. He's not in the system. He is arrested and eventually institutionalized. Too bad no one listened to him. He coughs. He knows what's coming. Hello and welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. Sorry for my dreary opening. I was feeling a little, you know, and couldn't stop myself. Any other opening I wrote wasn't working so well. So... <laughs> oh, God, stop dying. <laughs> Jesus. You all right there? <laughs> I'm all right, yeah. Sorry. Please continue. Any other opening I wrote wasn't working, so you get an opening to a story I'll never write because it's already happening. Anywho, I'm Melanie over here in the United States of Panic! And with me is Danielle in the beautiful land of England, where they don't so much panic as, I assume, calmly shutter their doors and windows and drink tea with shaking hands. No. No. People are just as stupid here as... Not... Okay, different kinds of stupid, but just as stupid. It's just we don't have guns. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the guns. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah. The guns, <laughs> Danielle. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, a quick update here. Me and Danielle, we're, we're a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, just by... We didn't really plan it, but we decided that we would do this episode slightly merry. Yeah. With a few little bevies in us. Yeah. I've had more bevies than Melanie, let's be honest, because it's nine o'clock at night where I am. So I've got a bit of a head start. But... Yeah, she's been going for, for a bit longer than I have. <laughs> um, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, but me, I've got a solid Roman Coke in me and I'm drinking a nice hard cider over here. Uh, so I'm, yeah, as you can tell, totally fucking botched the uh, opening, but I'm not even going to try again because, no. I mean, hopefully you don't hear me nearly die in the background from choking on an ice cube, but... <laughs> was that what was happening? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I use my, I've got a metal straw in my drink, so every time you hear this, that's me with my bevy um i'm not going to apologize <laughs> it's amusing me that it'll be so loud and almost exaggerated every single time i have a drink so well it's much like the uh, mini soda did with my sister all those little alcohol drinks with the exception of when mikey was deliberately pouring it right next to the microphone mm. those sounds were just just natural drinking sounds of a you know siblings siblings drinking together yeah there'll be a point at which i'll need to take a break to go for a whiz because i literally wheeze so much when i drink but i think most <laughs> because they're diuretics but um yeah i'm 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 sort of mixing my drinks as well because i wanted to see how goofy i could get so i've been on like jaeger gin mead rum and I think next I'm going to try uh, whiskey. Mm. We'll see what happens when I mix mix all the booze. <laughs> it's for science. Yeah. 
the reason why we think it's going to be funny is because we have an extremely concept uh, well. we have extremely complex concept to try to explain today <laughs> and isn't it'd be funny <laughs> i'm already laughing <laughs> uh yeah i thought it'd be funny to do it i'm hot <laughs> yeah i'm really glad i don't have to read your notes <laughs> yeah. yeah i've got to talk about fucking wormholes and quantum physics but you know we'll get there in the end okay <sighs> So do we want to do a third? I mean, I think we all pretty much have the same thing going on. Yeah, so I, I was kind of thinking of something fun. So um, topically, so in what am I trying to say? I don't know, but I believe in you. We are all in isolation, or at least we should be. And you should be taking it seriously. And if you're not taking it seriously, you're being a bit of a dick. So stop being a little bit of a dick and just yeah, stay it's, inside it's not a nothing thing you guys i, I see so many kids are like it's not that big a deal it really fucking is don't be an asshole please and really as well like let's just look at it this way if it is fake or whatever and it's a conspiracy um it's not really going to do you much harm staying in you might as well just do it anyway just in case you know err on the side of caution Mm-hmm. Just that, just in case it's, it is a real thing, um, which it is, because people are like getting really sick. That I actually know people that are sick, so you know, let's 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 be serious about this. Anyway, we're all isolating, and so we're all trying to look at the um, bright side of things. My other half is considered a um, essential worker, like he's a um, somebody who works for. A company that helps that basically you know keeps the country taking over yeah and um he works in an office which isn't the most fun place to be when there's a pandemic going on it's not a fun place to work when any sickness is going around because you guaranteed yeah. so he's been able to bring his office home so i'm actually sharing my desk at the moment with my other half and so I've I've cleared off half of my desk and it's got his work stuff so he and I have been sharing a workspace (laughs) (laughs) and actually it's quite fun because we have like a little bit of a like a role-playing thing going on at the moment where he's like he's like he's like the manager (laughs) and, and I'm the like the secretary and I keep making brews and bringing them to him and making him his sound his lunch and bringing him a sandwich and <laughs> so far it's only been innocent flirting and some massages and <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it might escalate um, and become something really quite meaningful um, I can see the way he looks at me and, uh, <laughs> I'm not telling him to stop. Nice. nice. <laughs> so, so that's our that's our um, home office story. Is that we've got a uh, a nice little fantasy role play going on at the moment. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's extremely motivating to be sat next to somebody who's working. Like, I didn't realize quite how competitive I am, just like competitive studying. Oh, yeah. So he's working, and I'm like, I'm going to fucking work. I'm going to work. I'm going to get some work. I won't work longer than you. You just watch me. Yeah, watch how much I do. Look how many yeah. pages I've written. Yeah, how many lectures I listen to on my headphones. Yep. <laughs> so there's that. That's um, awesome. Quite fun. Um, we've got office cats as well, which is cool. So we've set up the room so that the office cats can, like, hang out with us. And office cats are probably the coolest cats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with office cats, but office cats are cats, but that are in an office. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a concept. <laughs> I worked at a few hardware stores and we had hardware store cats. That was the best. Yeah, that's it. DIY cats. Yeah. They're the best. Cause uh, hardware stores carry a lot of stock that rats eat. And we were getting really tired of um, rat traps because they're horrifying. So we got cats. They are horrible, horrible things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer the cats because for the most part, they're a deterrent. It stops the rats from even coming in the first place because mm -hmm. they know it's controlled by a cat. But yeah, that's my, my third ping. Nice. Uh, I, I just, I, we all have so many things that we want to moan about, but I just think, perspective at the moment just try to look at the positive side of things yeah yeah, yeah. oh i was also, in a fucking hell yeah 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 you can do it anytime you want now it's awesome I literally sat and watched like well not watched but like you know i was like reading shit earlier and i'm like i'm not going anywhere might as well start drinking that's how this happened <laughs> Like, I, I so rarely drink so this was kind of an exciting thing i'm all like i'm doing it for my my podcast okay like <laughs> for reason but yeah my my third i guess is uh uh yeah you know i was in a crippling depression for for a while there mm -hmm. and i'm coming out of it which is awesome i'm finding things to do keeping myself busy i'm kind of i think driving my boyfriend crazy a little bit uh because instead of engaging with everybody, I'm all, I'm just going to be sewing over here for like the next hour. Just leave me alone. Right. But it's been keeping me from, you know, being in the really bad place I was. So I take it as a positive. My boyfriend takes it as a positive. It's it's all good. So you're in the tidying up phase. So um, it's not necessarily that you're tidying up, but that's kind of what I do. But it's the when you come out of the fog and you have to like... Um, create some kind of order be productive and be productive exactly so that to me usually manifests as a rearranged room yeah or a completely organized bookshelf or something like that you always find that i either have a due date or i've just come out of a fog whenever yeah. the, there's like been some reorganization so um i know what you mean it's like that sort of idea that i need to be able to well, not just be productive but also control something yeah. And when you're making things like sewing things and stuff like that, you're in control of it. It to a to an extent, like it's your your baby thing. Yeah. But I haven't sewn anything in like twelve years. So it's kind of exciting. First thing I sewed totally fucked up and, and now I'm I am I can make a mask in like 
15 minutes. It's amazing. Oh my god, everyone listening, right? Okay, so uh, two people that I talk to the most, my mum and Melanie, are were both serendipitously, because they're not talking to each other, but just happen to be sewing face masks. (laughs) So my mum is also a key worker, so she works for um, like a social care company that provides um, carers for people with various disabilities and needs and my mom is like one of the like management level people yeah so she's made masks now I tried to ask her if they were for just for her or if they were for everyone in the office but she's made five masks um out of different fabrics so if she has one for every day of the week or she has one for everyone in the office I'm not quite sure but (laughs) all are different fabrics but they all look a little bit um they're all pastel-y oh <laughs> yeah Ooh. I was really sad because I thought because I, I I kind of broke a rule right before it got really strict about self-quarantining so you know quarantining yeah and I drove to my parents house I didn't come into contact with them I left my mom's mother's day present on the uh the doorstep and then yeah. I talked dad through the window so I didn't actually come in contact but apparently the day after we found out that we shouldn't have even been driving around but you know we didn't come into contact with any other people we were just in the car together anyway we went down there and I I feel bad like I wish that she had said that she was going to be doing all of this because I have the coolest fabric collection I have like Star Trek fabric I've got Frida Kahlo I've got skeletons I've got like 1960s style stuff with mushrooms on like honestly I have some really cool fabric um and she could have made some really fun face masks but yeah I'm not gonna make any because I don't need them but maybe I could make some and donate them I don't know yeah yeah I think a lot of hospitals are taking donations of masks and stuff like that did you hear that kink company that donated a bunch of scrubs no okay so there's a kink company that's based in manchester that does the very specific medical kink yeah and they had a small stock of um like washable scrubs now in like the fetish world there's a reason why they're like wipe off like wipeable scrubs um but they're like they basically they've got like a coating on them that makes them I'm going to use air quotes, waterproof. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, so apparently the the local hospital or a hospital local to them called them and asked if they had any equipment that they could buy off them. And instead, this company turned around and donated their whole stock of these scrubs. And they wrote a series of tweets. Now, I think that I retweeted it as um zombie fishbowl i believe i did if not i put i tweeted it as myself and i will go on and i will retweet it as zombie fishbowl so you guys can see it but they wrote a series of um tweets about how shocking it is that the nhs is having to beg from kink companies (laughs) for medical supplies because that is just shocking at the same time, it's also very funny because yeah, yeah, yeah. I idea of it's like it's funny and depressing at the same time. Yeah. I know which side it, it is mostly, but 
you can't deny the fact that you can, if you want to, imagine a, a nurse or a doctor or a healthcare assistant or even just a cleaner. Um, you know, I say, I say just a cleaner, but even a cleaner. Yeah. Putting on these kink scrubs because they are wipeable. And yeah, they yeah, yeah. Or I'd like to see the uh, the patient hooks of that and goes, I know what it is. The great thing about it, though, is that you cannot tell. Ah. They're made to look like real scrubs. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not like the ones that are going to have, like, the nipples missing and stuff like that. They just look like real scrubs. Yeah, I know. Nippleless scrubs. This is all Nipple-less I want. Nippleless scrubs. Hmm. Look at that clear so that they're still protected, but you still <laughs> see the nips. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> like Barbarella, you know, little domes of plastic. You have to like do a second look to see if they're are those their actual boobs or yeah, are yeah, those yeah. boobs on top of the fabric, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Alright, so shall we get started? Sure. <laughs> so our topic today is time travel. Do we want to do a breath first? Oh, shit. You're right. Let me try that again. We'll forget that I said that. Okay. All right. And let's take a breath, taking in all of the positives of self-isolation and breathing out everything else. Ready? You want to drink first? I'm going to do day drink in breath. (laughs) Don't choke. (laughs) All right. One, two, three. My face is warm. I feel dizzy. Oh, no. (laughs) In a good way. Okay, good. All right. So our topic today is time travel. I assume y'all don't need a definition, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, because that's the formula, and I'm sticking to it. So definitions of time travel always almost always place it in the realm of science fiction, because honestly, that's mostly what it is, at least at the moment. Time travel is the action of traveling from one point in time to the other, usually with a machine or portal, but not always. Moving forward to the future or backwards to the past, it is widely recognized concept in the philosophical, scientific, and fiction communities. Though the concept of time travel has appeared in many mythologies and stories, it wasn't until The Time Machine by H.G. Wells in 1895 that we, as a people collectively, began our obsession with time travel. Time travel fills us with so many questions, dreams, and theories. Even a total science dimwit like me could form a good few theories as to how to do it and how we could play it out. For me, at least, the most fascinating aspect of time travel is paradoxes, but I guess I can go into that later. Thanks, Melanie. You're welcome. I consumed more alcohol while you were doing that. I tried to do it quietly. Did you detect it? I didn't hear a thing. Sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna glug. Yeah, I just snack. Rum. I shall ask for more alcohol. Rum. Yeah. So um that was a pretty brief um, introduction. Sorry, that's not what I meant. Let me change the tone. Rude. (laughs) I know, that was so horrible. So that was a brief, but 
that still sounds arsey. That that thank you. That was a succinct introduction to time travel. You should really keep in all of the things where you're insulting me because that was good. <laughs> I might just leave this episode relatively <clears throat> just for the unwashed masses out there because I think I think right now a little bit of chaos is probably soothing, right? Just to know that everybody else is chaotic as well. <coughs> Do you want me to go first? Yes, please. Okay. Tell us, tell us stuff. Tell us how it works. Uh, right. Nice. I moved away from the microphone. Did you still hear it? I still heard it. <laughs> oh, it came from the bottom of my stomach, that one. It sounded like a good, that was a proper belch is what that was. It's gross, I'm sorry. But I'm leaving it. Fuck it. Anyway, right, so, okay, so, um, uh, rather unsurprisingly, this topic is complicated. Um, Looking for, like, an entry-level, layman-friendly academic article was very, very tricky. Yeah. I read a few abstracts with so much specialised jargon and references that I simply couldn't compute. For example, the abstract for Time Travel, Hyperspace, and Cheshire Cats by Alistair Richmond. I'm going to read you just the abstract. In fact, I'm only going to read you half the abstract because <laughs> the whole thing is just. H.G. Wells's time traveler inhabits uniform Newtonian time, where relativistic quantum travelers into the past follow space time curvatures. Past bound Wellsians must reverse their direction of travel relative to absolute time. William Gray and Robin Lee Poydevin claim. Reversing Wellsians must overlap with themselves or fade away piecemeal like the Cheshire Cat. Self-overlap is physically impossible, but Cheshire Cat fades, destroy Wellsians' causal continuity, and breed bizarre functions of travelers. Do you get my point? Yeah, that's why I I didn't want to do that part. Yeah, if you understood a word of what I just said, you are very, very smart. Well done, you. Um... I did not understand a word of it. So I moved on from scientific papers. I realized that I wasn't going to be able to find anything there. I also, so then I found a fake assignment brief. So it was like an assignment brief aimed at students taking a fake university time travel module with five questions to address using practical experimental fieldwork, complete with the relevant paperwork that needed to be completed and stamped before that they could go on their fieldwork. I found that meta jokes about time travel concepts were amusing, but I obviously lacked the specialist knowledge to comprehend quite how clever it was, which I'm sure it was very, very clever. Yeah. Then I fell into a rabbit hole after Google scholaring time travel in archeology. span Remarkably, I found three articles relevant to a project I'm actually going to be working on next week, and I found a whole book called The Archaeology of Time Travel and two articles all relevant to my dissertation. Nice. But although these articles are fascinating to me, they're not so much to anyone else. So then I went to the wiki to find myself right at the back, you know, go to the like the bog standard website and see where I end up. And then I ended up getting confused by quantum physics, wormholes, paradoxes, theorems, and I despaired. How am I going to entertain whilst educating and also appear extremely intelligent and make people like me when I can't even read the Wikipedia page without drowning in my own ignorance? Who is she? 
Just as I thought I would give up and resort to interviewing Melanie about whether she would kill Hitler or see the dinosaurs if she only got one chance at time travel, I found a website called Time Travel for Beginners. Nice. Yes. The website is an online repository for the writer and academic John Gribbin. He uploaded this material and left it for posterity in 1996. So this website in of itself has become a time machine. It transports the audience to 1996, an unchanged and somewhat stark landscape of basic HTML and default imagery. It exemplifies the concept of time travel of the mind and demonstrates how looking at materials from the past can transport us with our imaginations to other times. In this case, 24 years ago, before the Association of British Science Writers presented Gribbin with their Lifetime Achievement Award and before he became a visiting fellow in astronomy at the University of Sussex. I like the way I bioed that guy. I just got to give myself some snaps there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. He's good. Check him out. He has written so many books. He's good. So this was my new plan to read the subsection of his archive about time travel and muse on his concepts, drink in the knowledge and document my experience. This way you can live vicariously through me while I travel back in time to earlier today, 1996 and all time simultaneously. Oh, and it's with this in mind that I must caveat the information I consumed was from 24 years ago and is more than likely out of date. The irony of which is not lost on me. Is that really 24 years ago? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Is time travel possible? I need more booze. Yes. No. Maybe. <laughs> it is widely accepted that the universe is expanding and it continues its linear journey from the epicenter of the Big Bang. It is also accepted that once the universe stops expanding, I think because it's run out of momentum or energy or mm -hmm. something like that, it will then collapse in on itself or crunch up. Whether time will travel backwards when this inevitable reversal occurs is still up for debate, and some physicists have proved that it will, and others have proved that it won't. It has been suggested there might actually be a law of nature to prevent time travel and therefore avoid paradoxes. Yeah. But I say to this, does that not suggest intelligent design? Anyway. Uh, just random thought, being sucked into the center of a black hole would suck balls. This is true. There are two types of black holes. Um, one with a single point at the center, which is called a singularity, where both time and space cease to exist and crushes all matter. And another a rotating version, which at its centre possesses a donut-shaped singularity, through which it might be possible to travel. To do so would result in transportation to another time or space, or time and space. Or just a thing different. Yes, well, what you, you need... So step one is you need to find a black hole which has the donut in the middle, a rotating black hole. 
it won't work with a regular black hole. Yeah. Do you know what a black hole is? So very mildly. Okay, so the black a black hole is what's left after a sun has gone supernova. Okay. So a sun will continue to uh, burn while the energy has a good balance between the pushing in and the chemical reactions happening within the planet. Okay. So the the sun will continue to burn, if you will, or or do what it's the star will do what it's doing when it runs out of oh i can't remember which chemical it is um helium i think it's either i think it might be helium or it might be carbon but when it runs out of one of the chemicals it starts to sort of um, expand and eventually it will um sorry no, sorry, it runs out of a chemical so it can't create enough energy, so the gravity starts pushing it down again, and so eventually it just kind of collapses in on itself and then explodes. Mm-hmm. And when it explodes, it's like a um, massive um, elemental explosion. I don't know, you need to ask a proper quantum physicist. <laughs> um, and after the explosion happens, what's left, what's left in its place is a black hole. Got it. And in the middle of the black hole is like, a, it's called the singularity, which is like a bunch of neutrons. Sorry, a neutron where time and space seems ceases to exist. Fun. I think that's basically what a black hole is. No, no, I hope that that was clear. Clear as crystal, love. Okay. It's like the late, like the list of, yeah. I was going to say it's like drunk science. It is drunk science, and I'm digging it. Okay, cool. All right, so you don't want that kind of black hole. What you want is a black hole that is rotating. So for whatever reason, the gravity has created a black hole that's moving around in a circular yeah. way. That's what rotating means. Moving <laughs> 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 about in a circular way. Got it. <laughs> <sighs> right. So... Um, there's nothing in Einstein's equations that outright prevent the possibility of time travel. This has been vigorously tested by this guy called Kip Thorne, and I trust that guy. He was one of the world's leading experts in the general theory of relativity in the 1980s, and he's called Kip Thorne, and no one can be called Kip Thorne and not be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's, that's just a name that implies badassery. Yeah, right. So Kip Thorne. We we salute you. We anyway. salute you. Solid. Thanks, Kip. <laughs> Kip Thorne says that you would still need to be able to like control or manipulate a black hole, which is like a really, really, really big ask. Yeah. Know? But there's no rules that in the the um the the theory of relativity that would stop that. They tested it. You're going to have to just take my word from me, but they te- they're from me. Okay, they tested it. Him and two PhD students, they did some work and they worked it all out. And people have tried to pick it apart since then. But it's still pretty much like, yeah, okay, there's we're cool. <laughs> now, I need to talk to you guys about wormholes now. Do it. Wormholes are basically two black holes that are somehow connected. 
But in two different places, or times, or places and times. <laughs> so you could travel through a wormhole to another location in space, a la Deep Space Nine. You could travel to another time, but in the same location, or to a different location at a different time, which might be a bit over the top, chill the fuck out wormhole. <laughs> it's too much, man. Calm it down. O T tea <laughs> i suddenly looked up from my research at this point and i said to turner how would you even know if it was a different time if you traveled through a wormhole to another place and time how would you know yeah. because you're in a totally different place you wouldn't know what time it is there it would all just be completely bizarre there'd be no no way to put anything into context no, absolutely no, because there is there is a point where time becomes meaningless. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Now, okay, wah, wah, wah. this is I told you it's complicated, but it's fun. <laughs> if I understand it correctly, the theory of relativity allows for the possibility of time travel because the time machine. So this is Kip Thorne, by the way, the, his sort of yeah. Because the time machine itself, or object which is traveling in time, is actually traveling really, really fast. But everything else moves at the same rate. So when you get to, air quotes, the other side, if you will, of the journey, you've moved really fast and over a long distance, but everything else has carried on at the same pace. So you would end up in the future, having not aged, because when you're in a fast-moving vehicle, time moves slower for you, but everything else has carried on as normal. Got it. So you really haven't, like, fast-forwarded time. What you've done is, like, gone on a really, really long, fast journey while everybody else catches up. Got it. So, but you won't age because the time is going to move slower where you are, which is kind of like what, uh, what was that Matthew McConaughey movie? Interstellar yeah. was trying to demonstrate was that because they're out there traveling, the time is moving slower for them, but everything is still carrying on on Earth. Okay. Oh my God. Still more concepts. Are you ready? Oh, it's fun though. It's cool. It's cool. It's all right. All right. So <laughs> let's get a tick list going here. In order to travel through time, you have to have space travel capabilities. You would have to be able to travel at the speed of light, but able to essentially move a black hole through space and time and travel in it, mm -hmm. or have two um, uh, two black holes that have created a wormhole, and then also be able to control and harness the power of a wormhole that you create or that is or, or that you're taking advantage of. Got it. So what I'm saying is that it is possible. <laughs> no one's ruling it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why I wrote that it's not it's not it's it's fiction now, but it's not not always potentially going to be fiction. It is plausible. We have achieved one of six of the things that are necessary, which is space travel. Yes. Next step is extremely fast space travel with people on board. Yeah. So we have extremely fast satellites, but they're not going the speed of sound. 
light, the speed of light, they're not going that fast, but you need to be able to travel that fast, apparently. So, anyway, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I'm saying it's totally possible, but you yeah. got a lot of shit to, to do there. Now, we that said, now we need to talk about paradoxes. All right. So, you're already an expert in relativity at this point because you've had to go through all of those steps in order to uh, achieve time travel and you've gone back in time. How do you avoid paradoxes? You have to become an expert in quantum theory. So you guys ready for more science? Woo! I hear you saying yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with the idea of the multiverse? Yes. Okay. So there's this theory that there are an infinite number of alternative universes where every combination of different choices being made is being acted out. Okay. In 1996, when this website was being written, I imagine that it wasn't as well known in pop culture, but it was certainly getting there. And now I think everybody has some awareness of it. Well, I assume so. But somewhere there is a reality where there is no quantum theory and I don't have to explain it. So I will take comfort in that anyway. <laughs> I digress. So why is it important that you guys understand the concept of the multiverse or quantum mechanics? How does this solve the paradox problem? Okay. So uh, do you want an example of a paradox that this would sort out? Sure. Okay, so the biggest paradox that people come up with is what if you go back in time and you accidentally kill an ancestor so it means that you are never born? The grandfather paradox. The grandfather paradox. So if you have killed your grandfather in the past, then you could never have existed to travel to the past to kill your grandfather. That's the paradox. And it goes on in a loop. Right. So... How does multiverse fix the paradox? This is how. Because if one was to travel in time and affect the universe in that timeline, they simply create a new branch of the multiverse. In That's which that's part... okay. Yeah. Exactly. They simply create basically you make a new timeline. So where that action took place. It's an option. Yeah. It branches off and it becomes its own universe and the original universe the one in which you are in and you have lived and you've traveled back in time it is unaffected because the change will only occur in the new timeline so basically the consequences of your actions in the past become their own separate universe all those consequences become their own separate universe yeah. we would never be able to experience changes made by our made to our timeline by time travelers because their actions just caused other universes to pop up okay Got it. Yeah. so there might very well be people time traveling right now but every time they come to the past and they affect our universe we wouldn't know because it's just creating a new timeline so we don't know what timeline we're on obviously mm -hmm. um but somewhat like it's entirely possible that we're living a timeline where um let's just make it really easy that hitler is still a thing and that really sucks but maybe he's not as bad as somebody in another timeline yeah 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 so maybe someone did come back and make sure that hitler became 
what he became to stop someone else who was worse from taking over. Like, those kind of things. Like, we could really go into it, but we won't right now. But we could later, in theory. Anyway. Because <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that kind of, uh, you know, I, I had a drink last night and was kind of like, but what what if, like, by going back in time, it's not not doing anything to our reality you haven't gone back in time you've just gone to a different universe yeah a different multiverse so nothing happened here you you went off to the right and yep. did something in the past there <laughs> yep that's quantum mechanics that's quantum baby yeah <laughs> oh but there's a limitation to that is that you can only travel to points um in the the when like um okay so oh, hold on have i written this down wrong i've got a whole thing on paradoxes if you want some i didn't go into quantum physics though quantum theory okay well okay it doesn't matter there's some limitations to it but it has to do with like you would only be able to travel forward yeah so according to okay so we talk about that that would fix paradoxes however the way that it's 20 24 years ago let's remember the limitation of that was that um according to the laws of quantum mechanics you would only be able to travel to points in the future and back again to the present because you need to be in a time where the technology has been invented yeah you wouldn't be able to go back in time before the time machine was invented because it would uninvent itself yeah yeah yeah, okay. so you need to be able, you can only go forward. And that's why it's like that traveling really, really quickly, that relativity stuff that I explained to you in the beginning, that you would be able to travel really fast into the future. But there's like, that doesn't really explain how you'd be able to move backwards. Mm. Um, however, it, it, the idea of parallel universes and alternative histories as a solution to time travel paradoxes is taken quite seriously by researchers. Um, and their research deals with both time and relative dimensions in space. And uh, you can make a nice acronym for that. Yes. No, yes, you absolutely can. Yeah. I made a Doctor Who <laughs> <you> reference. <laughs> I listened to the theme song, but then I realized that the theme song I had in my head was the wrong one, and it was Star Trek, and I'm like, damn it! No! <laughs> So that was my bit. I didn't go into like the thing about folding space thing. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I had quite enough there. You did. And I didn't go into folding space, but we can later on a mini-sode if y'all like. There's a lot. There's a lot to time travel, you guys. So yeah. much. And I tried my best to do it in a uh, sort of way that was fun and accessible. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. I, I learned a lot. I mean, so much of it is like, again, a lot of it's theoretical. You can't exactly go and test it. No, so so we're all just kind of 
guessing. The smartest guys are still kind of guessing. Well, they're guessing, but according to a set of very, very strict rules. Yeah. So they can yeah. test things based on mathematical theorem. And they can run them in simulations and see if they are compatible with the um, uh, maths, basically. Yeah. And consistently, the things that I talked about there, by 1996, was pretty well established. So pretty consistently, uh, the theory of relativity, which is Einstein's theory of relativity, um, supported the idea that that time travel was possible as long as you met all of these criteria. And then quantum mechanics later, quantum theory, allowed for the idea of multiverse, which um, solved time travel paradoxes because that was something that really bugged science scientists was this sort of idea that if we could travel in time, we could eventually, we could essentially undo ourselves. Like we yeah. could fuck everything up so much that we could inevitably end all life and the idea of the multiverse kind of solves that problem because it means that the only universe that would disappear would be like that timeline no so it wouldn't happen because you, your effect would be on a different timeline so you wouldn't be able to ever undo something that's already happened so no one could go back in time now and kill hitler and then all of us forget hitler existed because it would be on another timeline that hitler was dead not ours. Yeah. 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 I always like to imagine if somebody went back and killed Hitler, for example, that either A, they would completely disappear immediately, like instantaneously, because everything that was made since then has changed. So this, the technology and the purpose of going back in time is no longer relevant. So they would just poof, disappear or that they would completely forget who they are and why they're here in the first yep. place and just kind of be stranded in Germany kind of going, what? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's a paradox in of itself. So if you were the person tasked with going back in time and killing Hitler and you went back in time and killed Hitler, suddenly Hitler doesn't exist anymore. So you're like, first of all, you're probably like, who the fuck am I? What am I doing here? Who's Hitler? And then you would forget who Hitler was and then you'd be like, why am I here? You would have absolutely no idea of what you were doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, because or that no person would wake up the next day and get up for their job at like Vons or just, you know, completely, completely <laughs> different life because that was no longer a driving force for a lot of people. But what if it's also, if we want to take it even further, that that person has traveled back in time specifically to kill a specific person and they accomplish that, then they would undo them going in time to kill that person because in the future they would no longer feel the desire to go back in the past to kill a person that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. So it would undo its own action. So you'd be constantly, you, you, it just wouldn't, yeah. So quantum theory allows for that, Yeah. which is good. That was, that was yeah, one of my big little drunky questions last night. I wrote out down like three drunky questions last night. And one of them was, is an alternate timeline the same as an alternate dimension? Yeah, I guess in a way. But I don't know. I didn't look into that. Jesus Christ. Right? But doesn't that seem like the case? It's, it does to me. Yeah, yeah the terminology is just different. It, but I think it's essentially the same thing. So a different timeline is another dimension. Yeah. It's a new universe. So it's when a it comes to some realm. Yeah. And, but, but, yeah. 
I, I, I place them as another dimension, but I think that's just because that's the most convenient place for my, again, not super sciencey mind, <laughs> to put it. I think that a dimension, though, is more tangible. It's not tangible. It's the wrong word, but it's like time is referred to as the fourth dimension. Um, and there's are meant to be 11 dimensions in quantum theory, which is what we talked about in outer body experiences, that it's 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 possible that one of those other dimensions could be a mass consciousness. Oh, that's right. So dimension. So not a dimension, but like another universe, because the, yeah. the theory, theory is that there's like an unlimited amount of multiverses yes out there right and so every... another timeline is basically another universe yes got it in which every action has had the opposite like so you're faced with a decision and all of the versions of what you could possibly do creates its own multiverse and there's an infinite number yeah that's terrifying to me. It's really hard to get your head around. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm also agoraphobic, so like outer space scares the shit out of me in general. The ocean <laughs> scares the shit out of me, and multiverses scares the shit out of me. It's too vast, and it frightens me. Um, and only getting bigger. Yeah, I know. I hate it. So, um, for me, I mainly I kind of focused just as a total like kind of sidestep from the science of this. I went pretty hard into just a couple little mythologies that have time travel involved in them. And I thought that was kind of neat. Um, but I did want to get a little bit into paradoxes because it is my favorite aspect of time travel discussions. Um, and you covered the grandfather paradox a little bit, mostly. Um, but according to Wikipedia, a temporal paradox, time paradox, or time travel paradox is an apparent contradiction, a logical contradiction associated with the idea of time and time travel. This is something we know, uh, but I just wanted to throw in the official Wikipedia definition. There's a bunch of different kinds, but there are two main ones that we recognize, and that's the grandfather paradox and the causal loop. So the grandfather paradox is a paradox of time travel in which inconsistencies emerge through changing the past. So like you said, it's named after that sort of concept of going back and accidentally killing your grandfather before he could have your mother or father, therefore negating your own existence. Um, it's one of the most popular paradoxes because, again, it comes back to that Hitler time travel scenario. Um, <clears throat> some advocate a parallel universe approach to the grandfather paradox, like we just discussed. The other one is the causal loop, and this one is one that kind of hurts my brain the most, but I also love it a lot. It's also known as the bootstrap, predestination, or ontological paradox. This is a paradox that occurs when a future event is the cause of a past event, which is in turn the cause of the future event. Yes. It's called, one of its names is the bootleg um, paradox because it's named after a short story called um, By His Bootstraps. Bootstraps, yeah. So it's the bootstrap paradox. So you suppose a time traveler copies a mathematical proof from a textbook, then travels back in time to meet the mathematician who first published the proof at a date prior to the publication and allows the mathematician to simply copy the proof. In this case, the information in the proof has no origin. A similar example is given in a Doctor Who episode who, uh, where a time traveler copies Beethoven's music from the future and publishes it in Beethoven's time in Beethoven's name. So basically, uh, there's a 1992 paper by physicists Andy Losev and Igor Novikov, um, and they labeled these items or sort of fixed pieces of information or items as jinn. 
named after the jinn of the Quran, which are kind of like they're mythological creatures, but they're mainly named after them because they are described as leaving no trace when they disappear. So Losev and Novikov allowed the term jinn to refer to both items and information. They point out that an object making a circular passage through time must be identical whenever it is brought back into the past, otherwise it would create an inconsistency. The second law of thermodynamics says that the more an item passes through time, the more messed up it will get, which will be the inconsistency they were worried about. But they argue that the one who brought the gin into the loop would interact with the environment to bring order to it. So my mind goes to a few different Star Trek episodes for this one. Yeah. DS9 episode Trials and Tribulations comes to mind, but I don't know if you've seen this one yet. We've just started Series 3. Oh, it's, it's such a great episode. So I won't go too much into it, but if you've seen that episode, that sums this up pretty well. But the other one that comes in, <clears throat> comes to mind is the season finale. And what's the opposite of finale? Premiere. Season, premiere, thank you. Of uh, Between episodes, uh, seasons five and six of uh, Next Gen, the Times mm-hmm. Arrow episodes. With, with the old Q. <laughs> and that's the one with um uh Mark Twain. <laughs> oh, is it not the Q episode? No, no. Oh, I thought it was Mark the Twain. one where he puts Picard on trial. Not on trial, but where he does he 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 gives uh, Picard the opportunity to not punch that guy in the bar and get stabbed in the heart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one that one works too. They do it a lot. I really like in in, in DS9 at some point. These, these guys come in, they're like, did you guys fuck with time again? Because we are so tired of people fucking with time. Like, can you just just not? Did you do it for fun? No? Okay. God damn it. It's really funny. Yeah, I kind of went down a rabbit hole on um, uh, the uh, Memory Alpha page for Star Trek's time travel episodes, but kind of because I was sort of half cut at the time, like I'd been drinking already, and I'd just finished reading all about quantum mechanics yeah um but then i was like but i do remember that how i, I kind of reading it kind of made me feel a little bit like better because i was like um comforted by by star trek anyway sorry. <laughs> i digress <laughs> so i just wanted to throw in the the other kind of paradox in their causal loop and sound half maybe half as in, informative and smart as you are it's okay. I, you didn't get a chance to talk about um, how in the like Mark Twain <laughs> episode, uh, well, Data, the the reason that the the object that you're talking about is his head. Is Data's it? head. Yeah, it's Data's head. Because <laughs> they find That's... his dead, deceased head, but it's aged from like the early mid 1800s. And it, it, it's I'm not I'm not gonna give it away because I really think people should, but it's so good. It's awesome. <laughs> And then real quick, to kind of wrap it up with something a little bit uh, less science do you want to hear some mythology a little bit? Yeah. 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 Okay. So when thinking of time travel, at least I always think about going backwards in time. But with mythology and some of the older stories told, it's a lot about people waking up or coming, uh, coming to find themselves in the future. So I've got like five little stories here. They're very short. First one is one of my favorites. It's um, a Japanese one, of course. It's called Urashimo Taro. It's about a man who's like this renowned fisherman, and he rescues a turtle that was being beaten by these children. 
and he he ends up having to buy the turtle off of these kids so they can stop beating it takes it back to the ocean goes out to see the next day and a turtle comes up and says hey come with me takes him down to the palace of rinjin which is this undersea palace of like this dragon king or so it's beautiful undersea palace Mm -hmm. and he stays down there for three days falls in love with the princess is having a ball but then he goes oh i really need to go back i have my um elderly parents i really need to take care of and in japan it's it's one of your biggest jobs is to take care of your family as they get older so the princess is deeply saddened by his leaving she gives him a beautiful box as a gift that he must never ever ever open He agrees, and he's taken back home, only to find that for every day that he was in the kingdom under the sea, a hundred years had passed. Mm -hmm. Now he is back in his village, but 300 years in the future. He is devastated. Everyone and everything he knew is dead and gone. He has no home and doesn't know how to go back to the kingdom under the sea to at least spend his days with his true love. Out of having nothing left to him, he opens the box and is immediately dosed with 300 years of life. His hair turns gray, his back twists and bends, and he falls down dead on the beach. I love Dude, that. that guy did nothing wrong and got fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It was really sad. What are you supposed to learn from that? Don't help turtles? <laughs> don't open boxes when bitches say don't open them. I, I believe um, some of the tellings are a little bit different. Uh, the box was supposed to be something that was incredibly precious or, or important. And I think in one telling, it was the ability to go back, but he didn't know how to use it. So he just opened the box. And when he opened it, this like purple wisps of smoke escaped out of the box. And suddenly he was 300 years buff on his shoulders and he died. So I guess the, the moral of the story is don't open boxes without proper instructions fucking fucked up that <laughs> I don't need instructions to open a goddamn box uh, yeah well you know apparently you do jeez I'll so drink to the, that <laughs> the next one is oh I hope I don't fuck this up King Kakudmus meeting with Brahma this story is said to have been one of the earliest tellings of time travel written as early as 400 B.C. Um, recorded in the Hindu epic Mahabharata. I think I got that one. Sounds good to me. King Kakudmi is in search of the perfect husband for his daughter, Ravati. Ravati is his only daughter, and he considers to be so beautiful and well-educated that no man could possibly be worthy enough for her. So the king takes his daughter to Brahmaloka to visit Brahma, the creator god, and asks her advice on how to find a suitable partner for his Ravati. Brahma is in the middle of enjoying a beautiful musical performance and signals that the king must wait until it's over. Once the music's ended, Brahma tells him that time moves differently here. Such a long time has passed since they arrived that, their own, that in their own world, all the men that the king had deemed unsuitable were now dead of old age. Brahma comforted them in recommending a worthy husband living now on the world as it is. I gotta be honest with you, Emily. I kind of zoned out. <laughs> oh, fuck. I like that one, you jerk. <laughs> Literally have no idea what just happened. <laughs> I was thinking about all manner of things that wasn't your story. I'm oh, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of rum in this drink. 
<laughs> oh shit. Oh. Should I tell it again or just want to listen to it when you go back to edit? <laughs> I'll hear it when I edit. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll add a floating voice reaction okay. to it. <laughs> oh, that was good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. It was very good. I very much enjoyed it. Thank you, Melanie. Right. I will pay attention now. <laughs> All right. Just, just three more. They're very short. Maybe just two more. Yeah, just two more. So then there's the seven sleepers of Ephesus or Ephesus. Um, this is an this is a Christian interpretation of a Quran story called the Cave of Akaf. So this story involves seven young men who were accused of Christianity. Sounds hot, right? Seven young men who were accused of Christianity by the Roman Emperor Decius. Although they were given time to turn from their faith, they chose to hide in a mountain cave to pray. In the cave, they fell asleep for centuries. When they awoke, it was during the reign of Eastern Roman Emperor Theodosius II. The emperor was moved by their story and ordered all bishops previously charged with believing in resurrection to be pardoned. Okay, that's short. Yeah, see, they're short. (laughs) I noticed that when I was looking at old stories that talked about... um, time travel that it tended to be they end up in the future yes. and by, by some action and usually sleep is pretty predominant yes. like they have some long sleep and end up in the future or they do something that ends up meaning that they go back to they think a shorter period of time has gone past and and then when they go back to reality if you will hundreds of years have passed I think we talked about that a little bit in our fairies episode. So if you go into a fairy circle, time moves yeah. at a different pace. And when you come back, like, you think you've been gone for three days, but you've been gone for 30 years. Yeah. So that's one of my stories. This actually is a fairy story from Ireland. Ooh, go. Yes. This is a story of Neve and Oshin. Not pronounced, not written to be pronounced like that at all. <laughs> I had to Google that. So much like the Japanese tale, this one is a fairy tale and it has a very similar kind of thing. Neve was queen of Tirnanog, the land of the young. When she first saw Oshin, a human warrior, she thought him to be the most handsome man she had ever seen. She rose across the sea to take him back as her lover. After living a near-perfect life with Neve for three years, O'Sheen became homesick and longed to return home to Ireland for a brief visit. Neve explained to him that time was different here in the land of the young, and that everyone he knew before would be long gone. He insisted, so she sent him off on a white horse with the strict instruction to not touch the ground there. When he arrived, he found that three hundred years had passed. He was overwhelmed, but did as he was instructed, until on his way home he found some men lifting large stones to build a road. He offered to help, and as soon as his hands touched the stone, he fell to the ground an old man. Some stories tell him coming across St. Patrick, who offered to baptize him to avoid falling to hell, but O'Sheen refused and chose to stay with Neve in Tirnanog. Yeah, I've heard that one. It's very sweet. Yes. Because he gets fucked again for being a nice person. 
So, you know, he's just trying to be cool, man. So the real moral of the story is if you find yourself in a completely magical place, (sighs) understand leaving is not an option. Huh? Or just listen to instructions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obey the obey the rules set out by magic fucking people or creatures. <laughs> um, or just don't leave. Understand that this is your life now. And <laughs> and make peace with that. It's it makes no good sense to try to second guess magical turtles. No. No. I think I might have missed the point of that story, but <laughs> It was nice. It didn't realize how badly it was going to fuck the guy by throwing him 300 years into like this time fog. And one last thing. Would you listen to a future you telling you not to do something? Probably. I would. Yeah. I mean, if somebody came up, that was clearly me. I'm pretty, pretty hard to miss. I'm pretty hard to be. There's there's no generic version of me so much. Mm. If me as me came up and said, hey, I really you need to hear this. Don't go down the street at this time. I'll be like, you got it. Won't. I would ask a few questions. I would be like, have you thought this through? Yeah. Like, have you run simulations <laughs> to ensure that my not doing this action is not going to totally fuck up everything. I would want to be sure that any benefit that comes out of making a mistake, I reap elsewhere. People forget that you learn a lot and you grow as a person making mistakes. However, if that warning was along the lines of don't go to that party because you'll be shot, I can't really learn anything from <laughs> being shot because I'd be dead. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I would avoid going to that party and not get shot. But that. we also know ourselves to be quite logical people. So you as a quite logical person wouldn't take the chance and do that if you didn't think it was worth doing, Right. Exactly. So there would be, there would be, but I would expect me to question me. And I'd be a little disappointed if me didn't question me. Fair enough. If I I didn't ask me, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) But what's going to happen? Yeah, I'd probably want to know what was going on. But yeah, yeah, I'd listen to my future self. Nice. And I, I and I would if I was given the opportunity, I would go back and talk to the past me. Um, I probably wouldn't tell them to not do things, but I would tell them that everything that happens, you will find a way to learn from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that said, there are some things that I, some traumas that I'd like to erase, but. You know, we are what we are because of the, yeah, exactly. We are this, you know. So um, I had like a bit of a moment as well while I was thinking about time travel. Mm -hmm. Because I'm an archaeology person, obviously. Like I I keep saying archaeology person, archaeology student, because I feel like you have to like earn the title archaeologist and I don't got it yet. But 
I'll just, for the sake of this anecdote, say I'm an archaeologist and my job essentially is to study the past, which in itself is kind of a form of time travel. Yes. So I've always sort of played with this idea that archaeologists rely on the fact and take for granted the fact, we call it a fact, that time is linear and that what happened in the past is um, finished and can never happen again. And um, we are moving forward into the future. And the only time, the only thing that's real is the present moment. And I sort of live in that place quite a lot, thinking about how the past affects the future and how the present affects the future and all that sort of thing. But I never really thought about how the future could potentially affect the past because yeah. that's counterintuitive. But the more that I read and the more that I thought, the more that I realized that every moment of every day, we are living in three times inside our own mind. Oh, yeah. So the universe in our own brains exists in the present However, when it acts and when it reacts, it is a combination of experience and knowledge gained from the past and anticipation of consequences into the future. So whenever we make any decision to do anything in the present, we are taking into account the past, the present and the future. Yes. And so essentially, the future always has an effect on the past because you're always thinking about the consequences or you should be always thinking about the consequences of your actions. Now that could be something as simple as I I reach my arm out and do this action, I pick up this pen. Mm-hmm. So I've affected the future because I thought about picking up the pen before I picked it up and then I affected the present by reaching forward and doing it and I um, used the knowledge that I've gained over my lifetime to be able to move my arm and pick up a pen. Yeah. So that is time travel of the mind, and you can have that for free. <laughs> we are all time travelers. <laughs> there was this. I started reading this article about time travel, and one of the first things that it said, and it's it's an accurate statement, but for some reason it made me really, really laugh. And it was, <laughs> time travel to the future is actually remarkably easy. Well, yeah, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> it just for some reason just sat in my head it's just like well duh we're, we're doing it dude we're literally on a path oh i had a moment like that before where somebody made that you know that that tropey concept that it's not exactly rocket science right yeah, yeah, yeah people say that all the time and i read it on facebook but what they were referring to was something that i'm pretty sure is rocket science so yes I, do you, okay so engineering in general is quite amazing and like um you know scientific innovation when it comes to uh you know our infrastructure and things like that um but this conversation was talking about air filtration so air filtration systems right because the idea was that somebody had proposed that why aren't we using like ships as emergency hospitals? Yeah. And 
somebody chimed in saying, I think I read somewhere that it has to do with the air filtration because they can't actually filter and create clean air in, in certain ships. They have been able to do it on some, but like cruise ships, like um, you couldn't like in an emergency use it for uh, coronavirus uh, yeah. um, patients because you wouldn't be able to filter the air. And the anyway, the reaction to it was essentially like, da, 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 and then at the end it's like, um, I'm sure that we could work out a way to air filter the air. It's not exactly rocket science. And I thought, actually, <laughs> I think air filtration is a result, is an outcome of space travel. <laughs> like, I think that air filtration systems were developed in yep. order to be able to keep oxygen inside <laughs> Yeah, they're they're complex enough to be very very similar <laughs> in in their existence. Yeah, no, I think that like the filtration systems that we have as like what would be like civilians. Yeah, is a trickle down from what like they fucking invented at like NASA. I'm yeah. sure it's gotta be because like. Air filtration is actually quite a complicated concept. <laughs> and this guy's like, it's not exactly rocket science. Well, yeah, you do it then. <laughs> We're not talking about breathing through like a piece of fabric. We're talking about properly filtrated air systems where there's no virus molecules able to get through. But anyway, I, I don't know where I was. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, God. People are so funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should we wrap it up? Yeah, sure, but I was going to ask you. What? Paradoxes aside, if you could travel in time to any time, what time would you be going to? Forward or back? Anyway. Anything. But, it, like, don't, like, say, like, Jupiter a thousand years ago, because that's dumb. But, like, you know, something that we could, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, Oh, that is a good question. Yeah, I'd like, to, I suppose I'd like to see the future. Um, just, like, a hundred years from now, just to, to know that I don't have to panic in my current time. Now everything's going to be okay. But... The, the little the little hippie broken child in me would like to go back and just sort of give my little kid version of me a hug and say, honestly, it's going to be okay. You're going to be awesome. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, of course, I'd like to kick Hitler in the nuts at the very least. I no. don't know. Murdering him, I don't think would, would uh, be the thing to do. But... Um, Definitely giving him a swift kick in the testicles would, would at least feel good. Mm. What about you? Dinosaurs! Dinosaurs. You'd get eaten! No. What well, if you step on a butterfly? <laughs> Dinosaurs. Okay, so it's really hard as an archaeology person to, like, really um, pick somewhere in the past to go because there's so many questions that would be satisfactorily answered by just like hopping in a time machine and finding out what the fuck they were doing in the neolithic but yeah every ounce of me if someone said you get one trip to any time 
I'm fucking going to go look at the dinosaurs. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I would like to see a T-Rex in it's person. So big. I'd be so scared. Okay, what about, like, dinosaur time where they're not, like, the crazy carnivorous kind? Yeah, when it was, like, predominantly, uh, uh, like, iguanodons and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, they're still pretty big. Uh, I'd, I'd be terrified. It's too big for me. But, um, I would, yeah, I would love to see dinosaurs. And don't get me wrong, I, I know so much about them. I am mildly obsessed. I would love to see them. But they, yeah, they scare the shit out of me. I don't, I don't also have to go back in time to give Edgar Allan Poe a hug. I feel like he really needed one. Oh, God, I recently found out about the circumstances around his death because I'm one of those people that watches BuzzFeed Unsolved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, not sorry. Anyway, um, he had a really tragic end to his life, so you could go and find out how he actually died. Mm -hmm. Like, like, why did he go crazy and die in a gutter? It was so sad. He needed a hug. He sure did. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of places that I'd like to go. It's just, uh, I think I like the dinosaur thing. Like, I imagine myself being able to like go back in like a like a helicopter, so that but didn't like make loads of noise. So like, if you're in like a clear helicopter that doesn't make any noise, and you just like are like you could like get away really quickly. Like you you're in absolutely no danger of being like, like snapped up by anything. Wonder Woman's invisible jet just sort of like just scope it out. Yeah, pretty much. And you know you're non you're not like threatening them with this like yeah helicopter impression, um just like just floating around and then like every so often a dinosaur looks he goes oh the fuck is that it's a giant bug and that's pretty much as much damage as you're gonna make yeah but if there's... I were I suppose if I were like hovering about them and didn't have to worry about interacting or fucking with them yeah I'd, I'd be down. Yeah, and you wouldn't be, like, having to traipse through the rainforest. Do you know how big an Archaeopteryx is, though? Tell me! So fucking big! An Archaeopteryx is one of the largest pterosaurs of the dinosaur... It's not technically a dinosaur, it's a flying reptile. Um, But Archaeopteryx was just, like, I think the biggest one, I think it's... It's way bigger than T-Rex. Psychotically big. Beautifully tough. Is this the one that um, David Attenborough did a special on when they found one of the long bones? I don't know. I think I vaguely remember there was a documentary about this absolutely massive dinosaur and they have a picture of him next to its leg bone and it looks like a fucking tree. Did you, there, there are so many dinosaurs way fucking bigger than the T-Rex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the T-Rex is not even. Yeah, the T-Rex is actually small. It's like a middle-sized dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Middle-sized. <laughs> the Spinosaurus itself is like 30 feet longer on average than a T-Rex was, which yeah. is amazing. Sorry, dinosaur doc. I love them. It's okay. Doc. Like, blue whales are bigger than T-Rexes. Do you know what the Leviathan Melvilli is? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. It's the prehistoric version to a blue whale? Is it the blue whale or the sperm whale that has teeth? Sperm whale. Sperm whale. So the prehistoric version of a sperm whale. Um, And it was very pale, so closer to white. And it's what they kind of like, if such a thing, if Moby Dick were to have existed, this would have been that thing. Gigantic, the biggest teeth out of any creature ever to be on our planet ever. An average tooth of the Leviathan Malvilla is about three feet long. 
It's massive, massive, and it's awesome, and it scares the bejesus out of me. Like a 16-inch pizza. Yeah, 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 roughly, maybe maybe a little bit bigger. That's two feet. I'm good at maths. <laughs> a bit bigger. <laughs> a bit bigger than, than that. I will, I will flood our Instagram and Facebook and Twitters with pictures of my favorite dinosaurs if we're going to do this. Because <laughs> my, other, my other favorite is the Therizinosaurus, which is so ugly that no artist can quite figure out how ugly it actually was. But it has the longest claw of any creature ever to walk the earth. And it was omnivorous and big distended belly and fuzzy and just hideous. And I love it. What I think I'll do is that I'll make a little mini-sode that has our um, bit that I cut out from the last episode and then this and then just say like it's off-cuts episode where it's like bits that I've cut out of the main ones but it's of more than one episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it makes it like worth it because I think that what I cut out before was only about five minutes long and that's like not long enough to be a mini-sode or whatever. So we'll just like I'll throw something up that says like yeah. Off cuts. <laughs> then we talk dinosaurs. <laughs> we went on a tangent. <laughs> so I just decided to leave it in anyway because I can't be bothered editing it out and working out how to do all that because I'm not a producer or an editor and, and so I just left it in and I thought it was amusing. You can have it for free. Um, but who doesn't fucking love dinosaurs? But if I'm, in all seriousness though, um, if I were to go back in time, um, like I had the opportunity, like the, someone said, no, we can't do dinosaurs because it's too dangerous um, for whatever reason, then I would probably go back and see what was going on in two, you know, 2000 BC Britain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And find out who the fuck is building all of these henges. Yeah, just watch that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, guys? Find out why they're building all these hinges and laugh and laugh and laugh when I find out how far from the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go up in a little cloak and be like, so what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> I, I love the idea that everyone thinks druids wear clo- cloaks, but <laughs> it, it just, and that druids existed at all, they're probably not a thing. But yeah, it's, um, it, 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 there's so many things that we don't know about think but yeah like to to find out the mysteries behind stone circles would be quite fun hell yeah and on um, like you know medieval times would be fun too yeah, yeah. and violent and stinky yeah but fun but fun the yeah. clothes you'd be able to wear yeah i'd go in there just to like raid closets Hello? <laughs> Can I have that gown? Thanks. No, I would just break into places and steal wardrobes and then come back. Yeah, no consequences. Um, I'm going back to my town with this beautiful burgundy gown. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you, Anne Bolin. <laughs> they won't miss You're a couple anyway. They're fine. <laughs> you won't miss it. <laughs> nice. Okay. I think that I'd like to um, ask our listeners that uh, what time they would go back to if they could or forward to oh, yeah. yeah, and see uh, if we get a consensus and I'm sure that people will come up with some really fun ideas 
Where would you go in all of time? In all of time and space, where would you go? Yes, you would have no effect on it, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's our addendum. Would would keep you totally safe from any consequences. Just what would you like to see? Yes, where would where would you go if you could go to any time without any fear of fucking everything up? Yeah. So yeah, if you want to answer that question, and please do hit us up on our Twitter, our Facebook, and our Instagram at Zombie Fishbowl or Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. We are easy enough to find. If you have any ideas for topics, please let us know. Throw them at us at our uh, email, zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com, or again, any of our social medias. We are on all the platforms, so please leave us reviews, stars, recommend us. What are you doing? Come on. What else are you going to do? Get everyone listening. Helps out. Buddies. Yeah. <laughs> Should, um, yeah. Say hi. Yeah. Give us a little. Give us a little wave. Hello. Oh wait, <laughs> I was waving at you, Melanie. I can. I. I don't need to wave at you. I'm waving at you. Hi. <laughs> oh. So what's My our mouth topic? Tastes like rum. <laughs> so what's our topic next week, Danielle? Or okay, next so. two weeks? <coughs> random topic picker random topic picker you're a random topic picker and you're gonna pick a topic video games Woo! yes right so um this is a listener request guess who was that vance yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's up vance our number vance. one fan Video games is our next topic, um, and he's asked if we could please include our favorites. Done and done. That's a nice, easy one. I'm excited. I could talk video games all day. I like it because it means that I kind of have an excuse to do some, quote, research. Research. And uh, turn on that Xbox. I just finished a video game for the first time in a long time, and I'm pretty excited. Oh, Hmm? What game did you finish? I'll tell you next week. Oh, bitch! <laughs> so, should I do quote then? Give us a quote, love. Okay, so, um, how could I not use a Star Trek quote? Yeah. Right. Impossible. So, I thought about not doing a Star Trek quote, and then I was like, no. Fuck that, I'm doing a Star Trek quote. Because Star Trek is awesome and they talk about Star Trek. Um, it was that or Doctor Who, and I'm kind of upset with Doctor Who at the moment, so I'm doing Star Trek. Time travel. Since my first day on the job as a Starfleet captain, I swore I'd never let myself get caught up in one of those godforsaken paradoxes. The future is the past. The past is the future. It all gives me a headache. Captain Janeway. Nice. So I just imagine her with her cup of coffee and, you know, she's just, she's just sick of this shit. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to be living my life through Captain Janeway because she seems really cool. And I do remember seeing a few episodes of Voyager and totally digging her. So I haven't seen any, so I'm excited to get there and I'm almost done with DS9 and it's disgusting. um, How many seasons is that? 
lot. <laughs> Let's see. Doop, 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 doop. Seven? Fuck. No. I, I'm on season seven, episode ten. <laughs> I literally just started season three. So we've just finished um, the, like, two-parter. And I've been slowing it down to give you a chance to, like, catch up with me a little bit. Honey, we watch an episode a day. I know. What's wrong with you? I thought you cared. I've got other shit to watch, like Jonathan Creek and Catfile. The fact that you're watching anything other than Star Trek is just very disappointing to me right now. Well, fine. (laughs) But my children need me, so I must away. (laughs) I'm just going to say one more thing. Season Dax's hair. Nice. Which one's Dax's hair? Dax, Dax's hair, season three. Suddenly we've come back and she's got a very puffy bouffant. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Wait till you see um, Kira's hair, season seven. Hot. Hot. Oh, man. Anyway, okay, sorry. Go go see to your little children. Um, um, I'm going to continue to drink this rum um, and not go outside. All right. Enjoy enjoy yourself. Yeah. And everyone listening, stay safe, stay home, and um when all of this is over, hug a nurse. Yeah, please, man. Seriously. Everybody's working their asses off right now. Anyone who's working is working their ass off right now and deserve all the respect. And if I hear a single person saying how people working in shops don't deserve more than minimum wage, uh, I will punch them directly in their fucking faces. Anyway. Um, so yeah, we love you. Stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands. And don't panic! <laughs> Too late. Bye. Bye. Toodles.